Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. But last week, we get into this, uh, this morning, last week we had three encouraging points that we saw, and again, I asked if you were excited that you were saved, how many are excited you are saved this morning, and that's a little bit what we talked about. Point number one last week was Jesus still receives sinners, and I praise God for that. The door is still open, uh, he hasn't closed it yet, so there's an opportunity still for people who are lost in their sin, lost in darkness, to still come to Jesus, and he will still receive them today, and I praise God for that. Uh, number two was, heaven still rejoices over one sinner repenting. And that is a big deal, a really big deal. And then number three is, repentance still restores the prodigal. And last, if you remember, if you were here, I said, uh, we, we can lose the value of a soul in, our, in the vanity of our, our busyness. And I, I hope that we remember that. I hope that sticks with us because, uh, you know, we pass people every day, we encounter people every day, and we sometimes forget whether they irritate us or whether they you know, frustrate us or, or make us happy, whatever the case is, we can forget that that person is, is, a, is a soul and they have eternal value to God or he wouldn't have sent his son to die for them as well. And some people may question that or, or not, but that's the truth. And so we need to remember that there's, a value, there's value in every soul and we need to see souls as that, not forget about that in our busyness. And then, again, the importance of knowing that when someone is saved, all of heaven is rejoicing. Our lives should rejoice um, when, when someone gets saved. And, and I know for me, I'll just kind of explain this to me, uh, to you. Uh, when, when I hear that someone gets saved, and it, it's, uh, it's a very exciting thing for me, but i also begin... A, 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 um, a process, uh, a mental and I guess a spiritual process because there are so many, and I'm not saying, you know, uh, it's each person that I hear this from, but there's so many, I believe, false professions today. I believe so many, and, and it's been going on, there's people that just say prayers, there's people that just want a golden ticket to heaven, they want to keep living their life, but they want to do it, you know, hey, okay, I, I'll do that, I want to go to heaven too, but they want to keep living their life for them, and so uh, when I hear somebody get saved, it's exciting, but I begin that processing in my mind and in my heart and um, just pray, and, and praying that it's a sincere conversion, that, that, that's, that they truly surrendered all at that moment, that they surrendered their life, that they turned it over to Jesus, they turned away from their sin, and truly were converted, truly were born again. And so um, it's, it's not that, and somebody said, well, I, I've told Brother Kyle before that someone got saved, and he didn't jump up and down. No, I, I, pro I probably didn't, and, and I probably should, but it, that's kind of what goes on in my mind when someone gets saved. I praise God, that is awesome. It happened this, this week at, at junior camp. I was told that a, one of the kids that went with our group got saved, and I was like, praise God, man, that's awesome. And immediately, that's exactly what started happening in my mind and in my heart. And as uh, so we begin to, they begin to explain, you know, they had to sit down and talk with him. It took a long time to do it. Um, it even became more of a process of the mind and heart, praying for him that he truly understood and that he truly got saved. And so, uh, because souls are valuable. But this morning, we uh, move forward in a very touchy subject. And we've, we've done this before because Jesus has taught on this before. A touchy subject then, very touchy. But it's also a very touchy subject for us today. And so, I'm going to ask you not to get up and leave. Uh, and remember, these are Jesus' teachings, not mine. I believe them and I hold to them and I, and I try to practice them too. Uh, but remember, this is our Lord, this is the, the God of all creation, His teachings. And so if you say, I don't like what He's saying, I don't like what He's preaching, then just as Brother Jim and Miss Christie just saying, you have an opportunity to talk to God at any time. If you don't like what we're preaching, or don't like what, what is being uh, taught, then talk to God about it. And uh, it'll, be, it'll be a good opportunity to, uh, to get that straight. So, don't get mad at me. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to gather in your name, and uh, Lord, we are so thankful, so grateful that, that you poured out grace and mercy in our lives, not only for salvation, uh, but many of us. We travel along this path, our journey with you, and we fall off sometimes. Lord, we fall short. Uh, we miss the mark. We mess up. We sin, uh, sometimes even becoming the prodigals. And Lord, we're so thankful for that grace and mercy, and 
in our lives for that reason as well, that we can come back to you when call out to your name. We can repent, we can say I'm sorry, and Lord, you have those open arms ready to receive us. Thank you for that, God. Thank you for the opportunity uh, to gather in your name and to lift the songs that we've lifted and now to have your word preached. And, and I pray that each one of us would hear this message and hear this, this lesson that you taught thousands of years ago that's still so powerful today. I pray that we take it and that if, if it doesn't need to be applied in our lives, God, that we would take encouragement from it. And maybe we would take something that we can encourage with someone else, someone else with. But if it is necessary for someone's life today to, to, to be challenged, to be convicted, then I pray that they would receive it with a ready heart and they would change what needs to be changed. God, that you could be glorified in every single aspect of all of our lives. We'll praise you for these things, God. And of course, if there's someone here that's lost, Lord, prick their hearts. I pray they would not leave this place lost still. They would leave this place knowing 100% without any doubts in their minds, that heaven's going to be their home when they die. And they wouldn't risk it. They wouldn't chance it on a 90% assurance. So they wouldn't risk it on, a, on a, even a 98% assurance, God, that every single one of us would walk out of these doors 100% confident that we're going to heaven when we die because of what you've done. And Lord, again, we thank you for this. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Luke chapter 16, if you have your Bibles there, verse 1 is where we're going to start. Got through 15 last week. Verse 1, it says, and he said also unto his disciples. Okay, so he's teaching, to, teaching his followers, the people that have trusted him uh, to this point. There was a certain rich man. Of course, there was other people around. But he's talking to his followers. There was a certain rich man had a steward. Same was accused unto him, that same steward was accused unto the rich man, that he had wasted his goods, that he had wasted the rich man's goods. And it, because, again, he was a steward. He was entrusted with something. And so he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. Right off the bat, point number one in your notes, if you have your notes there, you can fill in the blanks. It's this. We will all give an account of what we've been entrusted with. We will all give an account with what we've been, we've been entrusted with. You say, well, I'm just kind of following Christ from the fringe. You're going to give an account. Well, I'm following Christ with every single thing that I have. You're going to give an account. It doesn't matter where you stand in your, uh, your, your relationship or your commitment to Jesus, Jesus Christ. Excuse me. Every single one of us will give an account to him one day. Every single one of us. Whether you're a, 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 a nursery keeper in the, in the church serving like that, uh, whether you help clean the church and that's how you're serving the body of Christ or whether you're standing behind a podium and teaching a Sunday school class or behind a pulpit and preaching uh, to the congregation every single one of us nobody's going to give uh, nobody's getting a pass there's no partiality God's not going to look at me with 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 more grace than he's going to look at you because well you're the pastor and, and you know you got no 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 no. listen matter of fact we've heard me say this before in James it says be not many masters you shall receive a, a stricter judgment. So those of us who are entrusted uh, with, with teaching and preaching the word of God, it is so important for us to understand we're going to give a stricter, we're going to face a stricter judgment because we are supposed to faithfully handle the word of God. I had someone contact me the other week, and uh, they had a concern about something that was preached. And I told them in person, I said, well, hey, I don't want to respond in email. I don't, like, I don't like responding, especially when we're talking about doctrinal things. I would rather talk to you in person. Um, so can we do that? So we talked, got it all straight, no problems, no issues, mis misunderstanding was cleared up. And, and, but I'll tell you this, from, there's, that I, there's emails that I get, there's things that, that come across you know, uh, different ways to me. Uh, people calling or, or you know, I need to talk. and Not a whole lot bothers me. But when we start talking about doctrine and being off doctrinally, that bothers me a lot, a whole lot. Because I know I'm going to stand before God. And I don't, I'm not saying I'm 100% perfect, 100% right doctrine. I'm not saying that. But I promise you this. I'm striving to be. With every fiber of mine, I'm trying to be as sound doctrinally as possible. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not willing to hold to a man's tradition. I'm not willing to hold to, well, well this is what we all... No, I'm, I'm not, I don't care what man says. I want, I'm interested in what God says. And I'm interested in the doctrine that's found in this word. And so that, that's where I'm at. And so I, I, I'm very uh, strong about that. So it bothered me that there was a, maybe a doctrinal 
uh, thing here. And so to get it cleared up was a huge weight off of my chest. Uh, but we have to understand, whether you're a preacher, teacher, uh, again, no matter what you're doing for the Lord, every one of us will give an account with what we've been entrusted with. Back in Luke chapter 12, matter of fact, we saw this parable of the faithful steward. Jesus said this back in Luke chapter 12. He says, For unto whom... Uh, unto whomsoever much is given of him shall much be required to whom much is given and I, I said this when we went through chapter 12 of Luke I believe that every single one of us in this room I believe every single one of us in America have been given both both materially and and uh, spiritually much I mean, there have been great teachers and preachers. There have been, and there are so many resources, so much. There are, there are still so many good churches that are teaching and preaching the truth of God's word. Today, we are, we are so blessed. We've been given so much in this nation. And you say, well, I know there's a lot of poor people in this nation. too. Absolutely, compared especially to the rich in this, in this nation. But the poor in this world have so many resources and have so many even uh, blessings and benefits compared to third world countries that, that it, it's considered much, I would believe, in God's eyes. And so we have, we have a, an amazing account that we're going to give, I believe, because we've been given much. But listen to this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul's inspired by the Holy Spirit to write to the Corinthian church, and he says in verse 11, For other foundation can no man lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ, now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. Those are the elements that you can use to build upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. Again, this is talking about those who have a relationship with Jesus. There's only certain works, there's only certain things you can build upon him as the foundation of your life. And so he says this, every man's work shall be made manifest. Every man's work, not just certain people, every man. For the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Now, of course, very clearly, it doesn't take a very uh, um, uh, strong, studious effort to see there, there are three types of lasting materials, and there are three materials that can be burnt in the fire here and that. There are gold, silver, precious stone, and there's wood, hay, and stubble. We know if every man's work is going to pass through the fire, that those three on, on the, the, the lasting one, gold, silver, precious stone, will pass through the fire. Wood, hay, and stubble, of course, when it's passed through the fire of God's judgment, is going to be burned up. And that's exactly what it says in verse 14. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, again, upon Jesus Christ, living your life for him, with the right intent, with the right motive, being faithful to what he's, been entr he's entrusted you with, look what it says. He shall receive a reward. Very clearly. So, that's the case. If you are living your life, if you are living for Jesus Christ, building your life upon him, the foundation of Jesus Christ, you have a relationship and you are serving him. You are faithful to him. You are faithful to what he's entrusted you with, both in, 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 in the spiritual and in the physical. For instance, your family. If you aren't faithful in leading your family, men, the way that God says to lead your family, you're going to stand before God and give an account for that. Women, same thing. If you're not leading, if you're not being who you're supposed to be, you're going to stand before God. Children, same thing. You're going to stand and give an account. If you've got a relationship with Jesus Christ, those are the things that you're going to stand accountable before God. But it's also in the spiritual, the, the, the spiritual things too. Uh, you know, what, what God has entrusted you with to serve him with, the talents and the abilities that, that he's blessed you with, the gifts, the spiritual gifts that he's given to you, how you use or how you don't use those things with the right motive, with the wrong motive. All those things will be made manifest by the fire, the Bible says. And not only that, even the material things, the money that you make at your job, the things that you have, the opportunities that are presented to you, all those things you've been entrusted by God with and will give an account. And it goes on, it says, If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved yet so as by fire so again there's going to be those who are living this life and, and they gave their life to jesus christ but along the way they 
they, they saw that promotion, they took that promotion, and they, they, they started to make more money, and they started to lose sight of what the important, the important things in this life was. They began to live for stuff, and they lived for them, and they began to just live their lives in this world and not for the kingdom of God. And, and they were all about money, and they were all about activities, and all about entertainment, and all about their job. And, and that's what their life looked, looked about. And yes, they had the tag of Christian on their chest. Yes, they showed up at church most of the time or occasionally. But their life was all about stuff and getting and gaining and, and, and money. And the Bible says that maybe not faithful with the things that God has entrusted, whether it's spiritual, physical, or whatever. And those people doing things with the wrong intent, with the wrong heart, maybe getting off track, as I said a while ago. The Bible says that they're work shall be burned and it shall suffer loss they may make it to heaven but they're going to be empty-handed see the truth is this you can build on the eternal and you will see reward or you can build upon the temporal and know this you will suffer loss if you say you know what i, I i'm i'm trying to live my life for Jesus. i just i don't feel like i'm hitting the mark but i'm trying every single day i do mess up i, I do fall short i sin i have wrong thoughts I, I do wrong things i say wrong things but man i'm convicted and i ask god to forgive me i'm trying to strive after him i'm trying to serve him I'm trying to be as faithful to him and and faithful of what he's entrusted me with as possible i'm truly striving that's the sincere motive of my heart then i promise you this you're building on the eternal and the Bible promises gonna, there's going to be a reward. But if you're not, if you're building it in your life, it, your, your thoughts, your, your mind, your drive, your, your passion, all those things are about the temporal things, and that's what's pushing you, and that's what's driving you, then I promise you this. There's going to be a day that you stand there, and you may just be empty-handed. So, well, as long as I make it, that's really all that matters to me. I don't believe that the Scripture says that at all. I don't believe it says that at all. See, we may not see how important it is to serve the risen king right now. But when we're in his presence, we're going to see it more real than anything. That day when we're in the presence of perfect holiness, that moment we're, we're in, in, in the presence of omnipotence, all power, the, the radiant power, the radiant holiness of God just emanating from his being when we're there it's going to matter it's going to matter see what we do now is going to matter what we're allowed to do then or what we're limited to do then and it's not by means of punishment you say well hey, heaven's not supposed to be punishment and i don't believe it's going to be that at all See, this is our, our carnal minds and our, 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 our fleshly, being in fleshly bodies that limit us to understanding that. And I'm not saying I fully understand it, but I'm, according to what God's Word says, my understanding is there's going to be those that have been entrusted with more in the eternal kingdom, and there's going to be those who are entrusted with less in the eternal kingdom because of how faithful they were to God and the things He entrusted with them now in the, in the temporal realm. So it's not by means of punishment, but it's by lack of reward or lack of entrustment in the kingdom of God. We haven't got there yet, but we'll eventually get there in a couple of chapters and see that those who are faithful and serve him in, in his kingdom now will be made ruler over much in his kingdom there in the eternal. And that's going to matter. That's going to matter. See, we can say that about those who are going to be suffering loss, those who are going to be not suffering loss, those who are going to be punished in, with everlasting fire. And we even point to Jesus' teaching about the rich man of Lazarus, and we say, well, in, in hell there's going to be memory. You're going to remember the opportunities that you had. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to be able to feel uh, because it talks about the torment and the pain and the fire and weeping and gnashing of teeth. There's going to be emotions in hell. There's going to be all those things, but in, 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 in heaven we are going to not have the sorrow, not have the pain, not have the sickness or death, not have any of those things, not have the punishment, and there's not going to be anything like that, but we will still be able to feel physically, emotionally, 
will still be doing. That, that is, that's the, the, the biggest, I think, disconnect that we have in this temporal world because we haven't seen it yet. I think that it's easier for us to picture what's, what hell's going to be like in our minds. Jesus talked more about hell uh, or, or the lake of fire in our minds. So we see, try to imagine as torturous as it may be for us to imagine people burning and torment. And the Bible says darkness where the worm dieth not. Everlasting where, where you have a sense of falling continually. That there's no relief. There's no hope in hell. We, we kind of can imagine that in our mind. But then when it comes to heaven, God's eternal kingdom, we start thinking, was it? Are we walking on clouds? I mean, is it like apartments in the sky, like with mansions? And like, is all these images that we see, what is it, what is it like? What, what's it going to be like? I'll tell you what it's like. The Bible says this. There's going to be a new heaven and new earth. And there's going to be a new Jerusalem that's the center of it all. And guess what? There are going to be things going on. There are going to be services performed for the king. Like what? I don't know. But I know in the beginning when he created Adam and then he took uh, and made Eve out of Adam, he gave them responsibilities. He said, here, here's the animals, go name them. Hey, here's the garden, take care of it. He gave them jobs and gave them responsibilities. It wasn't until sin came along that they had to, to, by the sweat of their brow, earn what they had. God had provided everything for them up to that point. They had to serve him. They had to take care of it. They were entrusted with these things. They had to do it. But it wasn't because they had to earn it. Sin came along and they had to work, labor to get and that's where we're at today. That's why we have to have jobs. That's why we, you know, that's, that's where it all comes in. But we're going to have things to do in the kingdom of God. And I promise you this, when we get there, and again, in the presence of, of, of perfect holiness, in the, in the presence of all power, when we're there in that eternal kingdom and we realize it's going to be for all of eternity and our emotions are still intact, matter of fact, our emotions are perfected and we are in the sight of God and it matters, matters His holiness, matters more then than it does maybe now. There in his presence, we are going to want to serve him like we've never served him before. We're going to want to do more for him and, and, and have that entrustment. And, and say, I want to do more for you, king. I want to do more for you, my Lord. And again, not by means of punishment, but means of lack of entrustment. Maybe the, we are limited in that. And as I said a while ago, that may not mean nothing right now. You know, we, we say, well, I'll just deal with that then. I'm not sure if that's really going to be the case. Everything Jesus taught says that's going to be the case. So it should start, it should, if it hadn't mattered up to this point right now, this morning it should start mattering how faithful you are to God and how faithful you are with what he's entrusted you with. It should start mattering because of all of eternity. Not, not to work to get to heaven or, or nothing, nothing about that. Not, 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 not that at all. But because the grace has been given and your response to that grace and knowing that I'm, I'm supposed to be faithful with what God has given me because I'm given, given account of those things. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9, Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent we may be accepted of him. Do you hear that? That's why we serve him. That's why we labor. So that whether we're in his presence or whether we're not in his presence, we're, we're, we live a life that's acceptable to our king. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That's, that's Christians. That everyone may receive the things done in his body according that he had done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror, the fear of God, we persuade men. We live our lives and we are persuading men to, to, to give. But we're made manifest unto God to give their lives. Made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. So it's so important for us to understand that we're all going to give an account for what we've been entrusted with. But move on in our text. We've got to get moving. Verse 3, then the steward said within himself, what shall I do? Oh, no. I'm gonna, my stewardship's going to be taken away. I mean, I, I haven't been faithful with what God, with the, what the masters entrusted me with. What do, I, what do I need to do? What's my response now that I've been called to the carpet? Yeah, you know, that, that's a bad feeling at work, right? Sometimes that happens in the church. It's, you know, it, it just, hey, you're called. Okay, what's your response, though? What are you going to do when, when, you're, when you're held to an account? How, how are you going to respond? God's interested in that, too. God's interested in how we respond to rebukes from his word, from his spirit, um, you know, from uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, from spiritual leaders. God's interested in that. Again, we see that here. Steward said within himself, okay, what do I need to do? My Lord's taking away from, the, the, from me the stewardship. 
I, I cannot dig. I, I don't have the, these, these, uh, these talents, these abilities. And, and to beg, I'm too ashamed to beg. I can't do this. I'm resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. I, I know what I'm going to do. I, I've got a plan so that whenever I am put out of the stewardship and I'm no longer entrusted with those things that, that I, have, I have done right by people, that I'm, I'm going to be okay. So he called every one of his Lord's debtors unto him and said unto the first, How much owest thou unto my Lord? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. And he said unto him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty, half of it. Then he said to another, uh, How much owest thou? And he said, A hundred measures of wheat. And he said unto him, Take thy bill, write four score. So eighty, eighty percent of it. And the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely. Did you hear that? The Lord command, commended the unjust steward. Again, let's get clear. He was unjust. He was not faithful in what he had been entrusted with in the first place. He hadn't taken care of that in the first place. But he, he commended him and said, Hey, You've actually done wisely. Even though you, haven't, you weren't faithful, your response to the account that it was given, you've acted wisely. For the children of this world are, are in their generation wiser than the children of light. And I say unto you, make unto yourself friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. What does that mean? Essentially, it means this. And... and it's a spiritual teaching, but it also has uh, material meaning because Jesus just said that. He, he just said, making yourselves friends of the money, unrighteous money, the money of this world is what he's talking about. Uh, that when you fail, you may receive into everlasting habitation. He's not saying be a friend of money. He's not saying that. He's saying make sure that you handle the money that you have of this world in a, in a wise way. And, and that you use it rightly to bless others or to benefit others. And you don't do it in a way that you make enemies. You make friends, not enemies with it. You know, there's people that do that with their, with their resources, with their money or whatever. They, they burn bridges with it, and they make friends with it. Unfortunately, sometimes that happens at probate, right? Whenever you've you got a family that, that has lost a loved one. And here comes the friends, and here comes the enemies, unfortunately. But that's what he's saying. Hey, when, when, you, when you've been entrusted with something, um, and especially the, uh, the, in this world, when you've been entrusted with a certain amount of money, make sure that you manage that wisely. And that's point number two. We must all manage worldly wealth wisely. Jesus has taught and will continue to teach the need to faithfully serve, to faithfully steward the things that God is entrusted with. All of our stuff, all of our stuff as Christians, all of it is to point to the Lord. The way we work. Your job, how you work at your job should point to that. When someone comes in and says, why are you such a hard worker? Why are you such a dedicated worker? Because Colossians chapter 3 tells me that I'm supposed to do everything as unto the Lord. Heartily. I'm supposed to, I, well, don't you hate your job? We all hate our job. We've got all this junk. You know what? I'm just trying to make the best of it. God, is in, God is, has, has entrusted me with, with certain me measure of abilities. Oh, no, I'm not going to talk to people like that. I'm not going to start preaching at people. Why not? Everything is to point to him. Maybe point some, somebody to Christ through that. So our, our work habits are supposed to point to him. The, the way that we raise our kids. Well, everybody else is letting their kids. I don't care what everybody else is letting their kids do. What did Jesus tell us to do? The way we raise our kids is to point to him. Why do you not ever let your kids? Because I'm trying to raise my kids in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. I'm trying to point them to Jesus Christ. Because at some point in time, this world's going to end, and I want them to have an, an eternal investment. I don't want them to store up treasures upon this earth, and so I'm trying, to, I'm trying to store up treasures in heaven. The way we raise our kids, the places we go, how we spend our money, the places we spend our money at. Old Testament shows us that we're to now, make a disclaimer. So, great. Now, I, I'm going to go out. I'm gonna buy, I was going to buy a car. Now, the pastor's preaching on how we spend our money. How can I see how this is going to point to Jesus? I, need, I want that new car. You know, no. <laughs> we don't have to worry about that. Because of the point of all this. It's the point of it. How you manage 
Well, there's not there anything wrong to have money. There's not anything wrong to purchase a vehicle, purchase a house, to have nice. There's nothing wrong with that. But, but it's how you're doing. Or maybe what is, being, what, what is being sacrificed in all of that as well. The Old Testament tells us to reserve a portion for God, but it also tells us to reserve a portion for others. You hear that? That's what, the, that's what the, Old, the Old Testament charge was. And then, of course, we, we have tithe. And then we have a New Testament standard under grace, which, you know, the Bible doesn't really say that. We just have taken Scripture and say, said, this is basically what it is. You know, we're not operating under the ceremonial law. We're not un- operating under the, 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 the law as far as we've got to keep these things to, to be righteous in front of God. It's not. But there are, there are principles there that still apply from the Old Testament that we are to live our lives by in the New Testament as well. The Old Testament was this. Hey, if you've got a crop and you are raising it to uh, sell for your, your money, you're also going to reserve a portion of that crop for yourself to feed your family, but you also need to reserve a portion first, above all, to, to give to God, to offer to the, to, at the temple, to, to give to the Lord. And then on top of that, you need to reserve a section of that crop in case somebody comes along and they're hungry. That you not only have some for your family, but you have some to give to them. Again, Jesus' mentality when he came to the earth and taught was, it was to think about others first. Don't think about yourself. Think about others first. Think about God, and then think about others. And then think about yourself. The Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 3, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So, thy, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses burst out with new wine. Did you hear that? Honor the Lord with thy substance. You know what substance is here? Wealth. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Honor him with what you have, and with the first fruits of all your increase. However your increase, whatever you bring home, whatever it is, the first fruits go to God. That's what he says. And then he says this. And there's a promise behind that. When you honor God with what he's entrusted you with, your wealth, with your, your, your possessions, whatever, when you honor God that way and you give to him first above all things and everything, including yourself, when you do that, God says, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. You want God to bless you in your life? You say, man, I really want God to bless me. Then honor God with the wealth that he's entrusted to you. Honor God with the things that he's entrusted to you. Honor him. And unfortunately, we, we live in a day where uh, I was just talking uh, this, this weekend. I went and spent some time with a high school friend of mine. And, and, um, and he, we were talking about um, the state, because uh, his boys are in baseball, the state of sports, uh, kids sports today. And I was talking about how when I was coming up as a kid, it just was never an option. Uh, it, was nev- it was no. N- not from my parents, from the organizations. There would be no practices or, or games on Wednesdays, and there would be no practices or games on Sundays. That's just the way it was. I mean, you had, you had Saturday to play your games. I mean, that's the way it was. But now it is completely out of control. We were talking, again, he's in it. And I said, you know what's concerning me is, is, is that we have... There are people's lives that are consumed with, with sports for their kids. And they live their lives that way. There's nothing wrong with being involved with your kids. There's nothing wrong with your kids having activity. nothing wrong with that. But when we lose sight of, of who we are and what we're doing on this earth, and the things of God get, the things of God get sacrificed, we've got to be careful. We, we, we need to really... The Bible says, honor the Lord with your first fruits, with all your increase. Every, your time, your talent, your treasure, God is to get the first and the best. Did you hear that? Your time, talent, treasure, God is to get the first and the best of everything. And then the promise is that he's going to bless you. Now, this isn't a health and wealth. It's not a slot, uh, slot machine religion. It's not, well, okay, well, I'm going to tithe and then, okay, I'm going to wait for God to bless. No, 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 no. That's not... God could care less about filthy mammon. God could care less about unrighteous mammon. It's the way that we operate and the way we work in this temporal world. And, but the only thing God's interested in is our heart. And so when my heart is in giving, then you would give. That's the truth. It's kind of like when you, when, you, um, when, you, when you want to get up in the morning 
You say, I need to get up a little early. Sometimes your heart's in it, but you don't actually do it. So the difference, the difference between your heart being in it and, and doing it. So again, that's, that's this thing sometimes when people say, well, I want to serve God. Uh, uh, God knows my heart. My heart's in doing something for God. If your heart was truly in it, you'd do it. Do it. God knows the heart. And again, we, that, that's why we serve. That's why we spend our time for the Lord. That's why we give, even of unrighteous mammon, that we have to operate in this world. is because we're not ruled by that. We're not ruled by the mammon. We're not ruled by this world system. We're not ruled by anything. So that's why we give. That's why we tithe. And, 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 and guess what? It's also a freeing thing. So it's a divine principle. How can God increase you? How can God bless you more? How can he entrust, with you, entrust you with more when you can't give him a portion? It's a divine principle. It's the same thing as what he was talking about with this steward. You, you've, you've wasted. I've entrusted you, and now you haven't taken care of what I've, I've asked you to take care of. And again, when you can't be entrusted with just a little bit, God, God's not going to give you more. He can't, and he won't. And you say, well, I know somebody that has wealth, and they're not honoring God at all. Well, just as we saw in the first point, and the Bible says this, God causes it to rain on the just and the unjust, but we will all stand before God and give an account, as we saw in the first point. He blesses, he gives to us, and here's why he blesses and gives to us, for, to, for us to steward and to manage that. So we can either honor him with those things or we can hoard it for ourselves. Some say, I, I can't afford to give to God, though. I mean, I, I look at my life and look at how we're trying to live, and, and, and we just can't afford to give to God. I promise you the, you're missing the point of it all and the blessing in it all. I'm not saying this as a means of boasting at all. So you, if you take away from that, you're, you're missing the point. But Rochelle and I have tithed since way before we could afford to tithe. And we still tithe to this day. We still, so it's not when, when, when you tithe or when you give, it's not about giving to that pastor, giving to that preacher, giving to that. No, no, no. We're, we're in this together. This, we have the same God. I give for the same reason you should give. I tithe for the same reason you should, you should tithe. Because God says that we should honor him with the first fruits of all our increase. That we, we aren't to, and we'll see this in a second, we, aren't to, we can't serve to God. And so uh, money, money is, is, is something that God entrusts us with and how we use that. And so, so I, I'm just really, I'm really struggling where I'm at. I just don't know how I'm going to afford to give. God wants your time. God wants your service. He wants your talents that he's blessed you with. He wants us to give to him out of those blessings. Yes, your time and your service. But he's also blessed us and entrusted us with material things with money and he wants our heart and trust in those things he wants us to give out of faith out of those things too just as we trust him and we serve him we trust him we give him this time the same thing about our our treasure so we give a a portion of our money back to god when we do that we're saying i trust you for this resource i trust you you are my God, not money, not things. You are my reliance. Again, that's, that's, that's where it becomes sometimes difficult, is when we see the bills or we see how life, we want to live our life, and then here is what, we, what God's word says, and, and, and we say, I just don't know how I'm, I'm going to do this and do that. And tithing is a, is a way to say, you know what? My reliance is in God. My giving, my trust is in God. I, that's why I give. I mean, I mean he, he owns it all anyways. He gave me everything. He gave me the breath that I'm breathing right now, the ability, the time. He's given me life right now. He's opened up the door for me to have the job that I have. He's blessed me with the, the, the abilities to do the job. I mean, all of it is attributed to God anyways. So he owns it all. And for me to give back a portion is simply... A response of my faith, saying, I trust God. I'm not ruled by these things. You're my reliance. Your kingdom is most important. And when our heart's there, again, that's when we can give joyfully. That's when we can give cheerfully. 
And that's exactly what 2 Corinthians chapter 9. But I say, this I say, when he which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly. This is talking about giving. You hear that? You sow sparingly shall reap sparingly. But he which soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. Every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly, don't give, or necessity. Well, now the pastor's talking about giving. I've got to start giving. No, no, no. He says, don't do it grudgingly and don't do it of necessity. I've got to just tithe again. No. Because God loves a cheerful giver. And he's able to make all grace abound towards you. He can show, he can show you favor and give you all favor. That ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. He goes on and says, Now he that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. It's saying this, He who supplies seed to the sower and bread, and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You're going to be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. So you look at somebody who say, well, that seems like they just, they don't have any financial problems. Well, maybe they don't, but maybe it's because they're honoring God with their finances. Maybe it's they're honoring God with, with other, with, in, not just in tithing. Well, I'm tithing. I, I, God's not blessing me. It's maybe more than that. Maybe it's about how you're blessing other people as well. Remember, it's not about you. We heard that a couple weeks ago. It's not about me. Guys, they look like they're doing just fine. They look like they're, they're, they're prospering. They're being successful in all those things in this world. Well, God seems to be entrusting them with more and more. Maybe it's because they're honoring God. Maybe it's because they're doing everything they can do to point to, to the Lord. See, God's entrusted us, given each one of us a measure of grace in the areas of time, talent, and treasure. Some people say, I, I serve God with my time, and, and I use my abilities for God too, but I can't give treasure to him. Why can't we? Is money then our trust? Is stuff, this world then, our kingdom? Is it our God? And he addresses this next as we close. In Luke chapter 16, verse 10, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. He that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If, the, if therefore you have not been faithful, listen, if you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, the, the worldly riches, the worldly money, if you haven't been faithful in that, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Again, the crossover of, of the material things, money things, unrighteous things in this world, and, and, and not being faithful to that, to the things that are really going to matter, the spiritual and eternal things. God, God says, look, I've entrusted you with a certain amount of riches and material things, and you're not honoring me with that. You're not giving me the first fruits. You're not doing the things that, are, that I've asked you to do in just the small, worldly sense. How would I ever entrust you with the very important spiritual things, like leading something or, 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 or doing something bigger for my kingdom to bring glory to my name? Why would I entrust you with the true riches? And if you've not been faithful in that which is another man's, God's, who shall give you who shall give you that which is your own? No, no servant can serve two masters. Or he, will either, he will either hate the one and love the other, or else he'll hold to the one and despise the other. And Jesus gives this statement that we've said many times before, and, and he could have used anything in the world. He could have said anything. He said you can't serve God in your family. You can't serve God in your job. You can't serve God in, in, in your kids' activities. You can't serve God in, in, in all, whatever. He, he could have said all, all those things, but he said one thing very clearly, and he says this, you cannot serve God and money. You can't have two masters. Because if, 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 because if you can't give to God because you can't afford it, then, then money has mastered you. Instead of you mastering something God has blessed you with. Because you can't have two, two masters. If God's your master, then serve him. But if money is, then you'll serve money. Number three is very simple. We can only have one God. Again, I've shared this before. It's so important to understand that Jesus could have used any other object or thing or person, but he used money. We had to decide between God and money. It's also important to note what the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write 
to Timothy concerning money in 1 Timothy chapter 6. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the doctrine, which is according to godliness. He's proud, not, knowing, uh, knowing nothing, but do doting about questions and stripes of words, whereunto cometh, I'm sorry, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men, of corrupt minds, destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. From such withdraw yourself. You see, that's another reason why people sometimes are skeptical about giving or tithing uh, in, in today's Christianity is because of the perversion and the twisting and because of the abuse that's happened inside of so-called churches. And so I don't want to give my money. I'm not a... No. He said, listen. Supposing that gain is godliness from such withdrawal yourself. Listen when he says, godliness with contentment is great gain. We brought nothing into this world and it's certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and to many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Look, those that seek after riches, those that seek to have stuff, those that, 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 that's what their world is all about. It destroys their lives. He says, because the love of money is the root of all evil. And he says, while some have coveted after, they've erred from the faith. And they've pierced themselves through with many sorrows. There's people that, that had that love of money and it pulled them away from the faith and it destroyed them because they were pursuing money. And again, maybe it was by means of their job or maybe it was by means of pro providing uh, you know, these activities. But again, whatever it is. He says, look, there's people that have missed the mark. Thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godless, godless, uh, godliness. Faith, love, patience, meekness, fight the good fight of faith. Fight for that. Fight for faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. As the musicians come, again, to have money isn't the problem. This morning, if God has blessed you with money and, and, and you feel like you and your family are doing well, uh, it, that's not a problem. It doesn't say anything about that. It's those that are seeking to be rich. Those that, are, those that are seeking after wealth, those that are seeking after those things are the ones that err, are the ones that fall, fall away, that, that miss the mark of faith. To live for it, to worship it, and please listen, to depend upon it is the error. See, God wants to be our trust, our dependence. No matter where we are, what station of life we're at, God wants us to trust him. His very nature as God demands that we depend upon him. That was the whole point of Adam and Eve in the beginning. That's where they messed up. God said this. The devil said, God surely. Yes, he did. Why? Because he wanted Adam and Eve to completely trust on him. His word, his provision, everything. But we know the battle's real. Especially in our culture of excess. And we can all fall victim. Again, it's okay to have, it's okay to get that new car. If you're planning on going out to the dealership this week and get it, go out and get it. But not at the sacrifice of honoring God. Not at the, honor, not at the sacrifice of honoring God with the first fruits of all your increase. Not with, the, not with the sacrifice of not being able to help your neighbor. Again, to have new things, it's okay. But the moment they matter more, the moment that we can't live without them, the moment that we think about them, desire them, live for them more rather than God is the moment that we create an idol, a little G, a little God, before the only God. And here's the truth. Our reliance is mostly in money in America. No. Get sick. Many people will think that they can handle sickness as long as they have insurance or money to pay. Lose a job and worlds fall apart. Where's God? Why did he allow this? Things are tight. We worry, we stress. And when Jesus was clear, and I'm not saying that it's not a normal human reaction to have that, well, what are we going to do now? 
but for our worlds to fall apart, for, for everything to revolve around our job, money, and things, and to have all that stuff. Jesus very clearly said in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6, you cannot serve God and mammon. He said that first there. But in verse 33, he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all the things that you need in this world will be added unto you. Don't live like the Gentiles who are lost, he said. Trust in God. Proverbs 23 says this, labor not to be rich. Don't, la don't, don't labor to be rich. Cease from thine own wisdom. He says, you're going you're gonna to set your eyes upon something that's not? He says, because riches make themselves wings, and as eagles they fly away. Don't, don't pursue that. Don't seek to be rich. Don't serve money. Can't serve God and money at the same time. You can't have two masters. so important for us to, to understand these points. We use money. Our commerce revolves around money. But our use of money is to be simple. To honor God first with it. And then to live in this life. And so I want to challenge you this morning. Let's remember we're all going to give an account for what we've been entrusted with. Number one. Number two, we need to manage worldly wealth wisely. And number three, we can only have one God, period. And so maybe you're one of those who say, man, I don't like what you're saying. God knows my heart. I may not tithe, I may not give, but God knows what I do with my money. He does. And it's not a guilt trip. I'm, not, I'm just teaching the word of God. If, if, if we would take God at his word, it's okay. I don't know that I can afford to do it. And trust him. Maybe, maybe some other things need to change. That's what we, we did. There's been several times in, in, our, in our marriage, in our life, that things got rid of a vehicle, cut out uh, cable, sold things, got rid of stuff. Many, many times. Not means of boasting, but we've always tried to honor God be faithful to give and be able to try to help people when they need it using but using that wisely and so I want to encourage you, you say, try try God test him with the right heart with a cheerful heart knowing God's blessing I want, I want to trust I want to trust God I want to, I want to, I want to try God he's been so good to me I want to give back to him both of my time of the talents I want to serve him but also of the treasure because Money's not my God. He is. But let's, let's try. See if God won't bless. Just like I said, make your barns br bl uh, burst out with plenty. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this time. We do thank you for your grace and your blessings, God. Thank you for your mercy. Lord, we realize that we live in this world, and, and this world is definitely all about money. It, it's, it's about money, money, money. Lord, help us not be like that. Help us be about you. Help us to be focused on you. I realize that we use money in this world to pay bills and purchase food. And we have things. But God, help us never lose focus of the importance of trusting you. Lord, of being obedient. Trusting you with just the small, unrighteous mammon that we do have. A portion giving to you cheerfully, not grudgingly or necessity, but giving to you to advance your kingdom, to honor you. Lord, help us do that. Lord, I pray that you bless and, and, and help us to have the right mind. Help us have the right focus. Lord, help us remember the importance of, of the eternal versus temporal. Help us respond now in the right way. We'll praise you for it. In Jesus' name.